1: Kira Etifano, welcome to Caucus. It's the last one before the election, guys. Fifty-five hours until the polls close.
2: Get it out, Julia.
1: <laughs> we can say it. We're recording this uh, about Thursday lunchtime, so whenever you're listening, please take that into account. um whew, deep breath, everybody. How are you feeling? <laughs>
2: Well, it's not our first rodeo. Is it? Um, <laughs> rodeo, rodeo. Right, okay. Whatever. Uh, well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's heating up. I would argue there's still lots to play for. Two polls recently. Two polls showing trends that arguably um, the right block will not be thrilled with. No. Nope. I think there's one person will be incredibly happy. Trotting, trotting, potentially back into Parliament (laughs) or galloping, depending on whose numbers you believe.
1: A bit of variation. One News had National Act 58 seats, News Hub 54. Um, So a three or four seat disagreement between the two polls that came out last night um, from News Hub and One News but the trends and the implications are pretty similar, aren't they?
3: Oh, oh, they are, which is, on these polls, it would be a centre-right government, but one that would require Winston Peters and all the instability that National itself has claimed would go with that. So one of the big failures that National will look back on is its handling of Winston Peters over this campaign because they have breathed life into his campaign. And if they are saddled with oh, um, is gold. the issues of, gold. of Winston Peters, then they've only got themselves
1: to blame. Well, Chris Bishop disagrees with you.
0: People, I think, have overread that
1: uh, d- decision, as you put it, a little bit, because... Actually, what we were doing is just making it clear and being upfront and transparent with New Zealanders about what our preferred governing arrangements were post-election. Consider the flip side, where both major party leaders say they're not um, willing to pick up the phone and talk to Mr Peters uh, and New Zealand First. Well, uh, fundamentally, actually, uh, we would have spent much of the election campaign talking about that anyway. So you're kind
0: of damned if you do or you're damned if you don't.
3: It's disingenuous, in my view, from um, not over Chris Bishop, it? because you know it's like me saying, "Well, you know, a, a nuclear war could happen." if I'm a really powerful leader and I say that, then that has some resonance. Yeah, you know, of course, it's always a possibility, but for, for, to go and say the quiet bit out loud, as <laughs> as, as Chris Bishop did, they breathe life into his campaign um, by by doing that. And, and, and
1: this is not just the we will the we will pick up the phone and talk to Winston Peters if we have to moment, but. This past weekend, the second election, the eight weeks of
0: negotiations, right? Yeah, I think what they tried to do was wedge Winston Peters, and they actually ended up wedging Act. Uh, this exactly. is what a party. we said that last was on week, 13, right? It was 14%, exactly right. Who's going to? It is now from on nine percent of one poll and eight percent, whatever it is, in another yeah. poll. Uh, and, and so it's actually ended up and, and look, that can be responsible. David Seymour has not had a good campaign. In fact, I think it's been the worst campaign out of this campaign, to be honest with you, from a party. He has not performed well. And in one of the uh, minor leaders debates, he came across as petulant and childish, in, in my view, and that's, that's really hurt them. But they actually tried to wedge Winston, and it hasn't paid off, and I think they're going to regret that decision. They waited too long, first of all, then when they finally said, well, we'll pick up the call, but we, we, we want New Zealanders not to go with Winston and we're going to get John Key out. It's actually made things worse. Winston's now, what is he? Six on one and over six on another. Uh, six and one, it's actually six heard hurt act. I
2: think one yeah. of them was. Yeah, six yeah. point six. I think, you know, the, it, it, some people may think otherwise, but if you're looking for an um, MVP on the election trail, it's Winston Peters, because he has appeared like a statesman this week, in the sense that he has said, no, no, they, well they shouldn't be scaring the voters like that. I will form a government. I won't send people Back to the polls. He has sounded very much like the voice of reason. And obviously, the ads that National ran, which um, were plugging the uncertainty and said, un- eight weeks or whatever it was, unable to make decisions, you know, basically presenting this picture will be frozen in time. The eight weeks is back from 1996, right? Mm. Coalition mm. negotiations then. And he was fast to say, actually, it took me, what did it take? 14 days? Last time, yeah, took me fourteen days. He's got better. He's got right. Uh, eh? Yeah, he's speeding um, up as but, he gets. But, you know, he he's running, hours this time. He has has run a completely different narrative in juxtaposition to what's been coming out of Nationals' campaign well, camps. Like, and he's he's looking incredibly reasonable.
3: Yeah, I, I'd agree with um, I'd agree with with most of what um, you you, you guys have said on that. the The, the one. Qualification And one doubt in my mind is when people go into the booth on Saturday and remember that advanced voting is well, well down on what we saw last time. Now, it was a COVID election, but we saw 1.9 million advanced votes before the 2020 yep. election. And it's sitting at about 800,000 as of today, yeah, something like that. OK, yep. so it's well, well down. And so there's still quite a bit to play for. I just wonder whether some of that, what they call the quiet Tory effect might occur on on the weekend where all of this um, mayhem that has been stirred up, and we've talked about how that's damaged National, will some of that just wash over and people will fear uncertainty and and go into a sort of a flight to safety for for National? I'm not not talking about a big surge, but
1: they may... (laughs) They may yet reap some of that reward. So it's, it's that word "people," isn't it? Because it's a, we're talking about percentages, right? It's only a few percentage here and there who have to feel a certain way. Whether like, nah, let's get Winston to stick it to them, or yeah, actually, that's a bit destabilising. But it's it's not everybody having to think that way. It's only a few. Percent. That, that's right. So we're just not quite sure whether some of
3: that um, those warnings about mayhem m- may actually pay off for enough of their
1: voters. They'll still be hoping for that. Well, yeah. you mentioned nine Let's just play because you you, you spoke to um, uh, Mr. 99. Ninety-six, Jim Bolger this week, <laughs> I um, and um, he took a much calmer approach than the, the current National Party did. I don't expect that to happen. I expect the leaders of the parties who are the majority after next Saturday's election uh, to form the government, and uh, no particular reason why they won't. I don't think the conditions are very difficult to form a deal. Take that, Chris Bishop. <laughs>
2: Well, also, and I mean, he should know. That there was there was such you know water. There was a tsunami of crap under that bridge oh, before yes. they came to sit down yes. to to I, negotiate. No, I will
1: not. Be in a government with no,
2: I won't Jim not Bolger sit, I won't sit, sit the at the cabinet table with blah blah blah. Yeah,
1: yeah. B- was anyway. to
3: Hinata, he yeah, said that, but,
1: but he was part of the party, he was yeah. the number two yeah. at the time. yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. And so, and they had
1: both said and Peters were still openly hostile as part of you know, oh, yeah, to, everyone, everyone in party to go with Labour, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Although,
0: if you read the demon profession, and I'm pretty sure I'm only one of ten people who has, by Michael <laughs> but Michael Laws, but Michael Laws said he was always going to go with National. But what changed the course of that, what changed the trajectory of the decision in the end was the respect that Bolger afforded him after the election, the way in which they engaged, which then meant that they could smoke the peace pipe. Right. Is that going to happen with oh, David Seymour and Chris Luxon, given what's happening, Yeah, now, he's, having he's the third
1: party in the mix does change that, right? Mix, yeah. yeah,
0: that's a good point. A good it point. depends
2: on how those parties line up, though. Who, who's going to be... Who's number
1: two and who's number three? Who's
2: number two and who's number three? And oh, that, that That's is,
1: a very good point.
2: That, that yeah. is going to be an essential part. Could New Zealand
1: First really pass Act? It, It's possible, yeah. Well, going back to Guyan's point. I I think
0: Guyan's right. I think um, when people get into the the Tory effect of the polling booth, I think the decision is going to be, hmm, should I take the safe bet with National, or if I really want to stick it to Labour and the left, I'll go with Winston. I don't think it's an ACT decision in the middle. No. I think it's a National or Winston decision, or New Zealand First decision, not ACT in the middle, which means it could have an impact on the night with ACT, who are... Slowly but surely dropping down in the poll. And the trend is
2: not their friend at the moment no, with yeah. the ACT Party. And as we know and have discussed many times before, if you look back at polls and how Winston Peters in New Zealand first does in the ultimate poll. Election Day, he tends to do better than he does on he does paper, actually. whereas the Greens, um, they they lose 1-2%. Mm. Um, to It's g- an interesting he gains- theory, of the guy in
1: the, that could be different this time. That's, yeah, that's an interesting thought different. to see. But some of that quest for stability vote might even be crossing the boundaries, right? And actually coming back to Labour a little bit, to just for people who are a little bit concerned about the whole idea oh, of this national-led coalition. I don't know. Or?
0: I think the reason why the Greens are so high at 15%, one, they've had a very good campaign. I thought James Shaw did pretty well when he was standing next to David Seymour in the minor leaders debate that Jack Tame facilitated, where he just gave him quips, and after quips, and David Seymour just looked lost. Um, Manama Davidson, who I think has been the best leader in the whole campaign, actually, I think, uh, particularly in the press debate, she was, there were moments where the applause for her was great. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll, we'll right. But, but yeah. Come back to it. I yeah. think that the I don't think that middle vote is actually going to Labor. I think why Labor's so low is a lot of it is actually going to the Green They're yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. Labor's
2: That's
1: stuck true. in the mud. And and you mentioned Julian before about whether you know National made its call too late and so forth. I just wonder you know National can only speculate. But what if this speech from Chris Luxon in May, remember in May, was a bit different?
3: Today, I've ruled out National coming to any arrangement with Te Pāti Māori and forming a government after this year's election.
1: What if he'd added New Zealand first? At well, that point? I think that that was
3: going to be the second leg of the double, and then they bottled out on it, yeah. and then hoped he would go away, and then you sort of got that. I love another horse. Situation another horse. Metaphor, he's I'm behind just you. He's behind you. No, he's not. Is he? Yes, he is. Oh my God! It's too late. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think one of the things is, like as we've talked about before, Key used to do it. In February of an election year, Mm. here are the parties we're going to work with. And what you don't do is, it's all about timing, right? And and Peter knows timing and politics better than anyone. And I'm wearing the pinstripe suit today uh, in, in honour of him.
1: <laughs> um, but, but,
3: so what you don't do is go out in the heat of an election campaign and say oh, if I had to I would pick up the call and, and make that call. Again it's axiomatic, it's self-evident so that, that you would have nerve. to but if you've said it out loud yeah. you, 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 some of your voters hear oh, Luxon said that I can vote for Winston. Yeah. That's what some conservative voters m-
2: may well have taken from. So, it. Ha- so ha- they having it. they didn't yeah. go the whole nine yards and it's as we discussed before, the analogy that Guyon used was the half-pie bungee jump where you'll whack yourself on the tower on the way down. And I think that is exactly right. You you have to fully commit or, or or you don't. Yeah. And it was, part of, don't, the, it was don't part of the Waka strategy where
3: you have one um, one Walker going straight in a direction and the other one going around and around in circles, which John Key and Stephen Joyce deployed so successfully against Labour. So the idea was, remember, when we talk about coalition of chaos, remember it was supposed to be, for yeah. National was supposed to be on the left, and so they were going to rule out these other guys and say, it's going to be National, we're going to be the stable guys. Yeah. It's utterly rebounded but, on but, them. And but, the coalition but, of chaos is undoubtedly on the
1: right now. But they obviously thought, the calculation, what Bishop was saying before, he said that they were damned if they do and damned if they don't. his uh, uh, Presumably, the argument amongst the Nats at that point was, if we block them out... They will become martyrs, and they will get the the oxygen anyway. We're not going to we're not going to be able to win either way, so we're just going to try and ignore them.
0: That, that's partially correct. Although we knew when they started getting it forward, close to five percent, that the race was on. Yeah. And to take the horse racing analogy to a ridiculous conclusion, um, I think National forgot um, Kiwi in nineteen eighty four in the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> Kiwi's
3: up for the back of his <laughs> and
0: that's Winston. Winston, when he's on four, close to five percent, a month out from an election, always comes storming home. Mm. But but I would but just say the, this. Reg- reg-
3: Regardless yeah. of your call, make it early. Yeah, yeah. you cannot don't change the last
0: campaign
1: at the last minute yeah. because so, that's so, but should, would they if they had made that different call? I know this is a bit of a what if, but what do you think if they had made that different call in May? He'd said no to Pati Māori and no New Zealand first. Peters had already ruled out Labor last year. Would that have walled? in the first off? I think to a degree because the, the media and, and a lot him? of
3: people would have been going well he's not really in the race this time and the only way to deal with Peters if you don't want him is to ignore him. Yeah. That's the only way to deal with him. Now he may well have come out of the box, he's amazing at, at gaining his own publicity and things, who knows but I think there would be a reasonable chance if both of them had said look oh we're not going to deal with him in government then he he's, he's the a, point he's of a player and he, he may well not have got that momentum.
0: Yeah. But, but then this this is the difference I think between National and 2023 and national in 2014 under a key government because if you're going to rule both of them out and that's where your thinking's at who's the next best option? You go for a kahurangi green. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, you, and you try and back up your option. But, 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 of course, they'd already decided, no coalition of chaos on the left. We simply can't do anything with the Greens. Mm-hmm. They're part of the Māori Party. We're going to stitch them over there, which worked in the first couple of weeks. Um, but then they didn't have a backup, and that's the problem. But and, that and
2: goes against the entire narrative that everyone is speaking, which is you deal with what the voter gives you. So if you deal with what the voter gives you, then if you don't have a pathway to power, uh, unless you go and talk to some of those parties who are not your natural host home, then why is it you're prepared to talk to one that's not your natural home in New Zealand first, Mm. but you're not prepared to talk to the... Well, it doesn't
3: make any sense
2: I agree. So that policy doesn't make any sense at all. You either don't talk to any of them and hold your ground... And because, then basically you're going for a first-past-the-post model under an MMP Sure, and But the answer batter. to that
1: is, 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 is that it's chicken and egg, right? Yeah. You're not just waiting for the for the voters to speak. You're actually trying to encourage the well, voters right. to speak no, in yeah, a certain and, way. And, right? and the one so, thing
3: we haven't said, and I think Labour deserves credit for this, because they ruled out New Zealand First. Now, at the time, it did seem a bit ridiculous. They'd already ridic- ruled them out. I, I know, and, but this is what, <laughs> this is where, what I was going to say. It, it, it does sound ridiculous because New Zealand First had already ruled Labour out. But what that did yep. was fling the dead rat back at everyone else yeah. at the right. Yeah, and so at that point, the discussion was, oh, well, we've ruled them out, and it gave it a new burst, and the media were all over that. And so it flung the problem to the right. And they and they, were, they were throwing this ball around not knowing what to do with it, which is what, why we've got this chaos. And they, they strategically did not adapt to what Labour had done. So no.
2: the reverse to the question that Tim likes to ask is, well, should Chris Hipkins have done that because now he's backed himself into a corner. Yeah, in the no. same way you ask whether Nationals should have gone harder earlier and ruled out Winston Peters, well, now if you look at the polls that we have in front of us, it, it, there is there would be a pathway if they, if had, they could use, if, the, if they could use could, New Zealand first. And I think it's an interesting narrative that Chris that is interesting. Bishop is still running yeah. as of a couple of hours yeah. ago I mean if of... we could
3: switch from horses to cats i mean imagine trying to herd that bunch <laughs> you know uh, labor Māori, green and new zealand first it's. Yes. It would be
1: but, a Chris Bishop, but it's also. Have you heard
2: Chris Bishop this morning saying? Sure. Still, still with that. He'll still um, pick up the phone. He'll still pick up the phone. Yep. Yep. He'll but, still pick up the but, phone.
1: But the difference again there was that, that was that um, Winston Peters and New Zealand First had not only already ruled out Labor, they had done it in such a way. And let's let's play this clip because it's been on the website for months now, and this has been under the label "Our Commitment to You." In this election, our
0: commitment to you is. New Zealand First will not return Labour to power.
1: Whether in coalition or in confidence and supply. I mean, it was just... There was nothing for for, for Labour to, to go really. No. I mean, no. could they ever pick up the phone even now? Yeah, and, with and, and that kind of commitment, there's, there's no way, is and there? And
0: let's be honest, labor's problems are not because right. it ruled out New Zealand first. It's because it doesn't have the policies that appeal to the traditional Labour voting sure. base to get it to 33 percent to make it competitive. Right. But but r- ruling him out means that they've essentially assured that there is going to be uh, a government on the right. But think, if you're
1: in the if, sorry, no, no, no that's my, me being rude. You go.
0: No, no, so all, all I was going to say was if you, if you're if you're a part of Labour now, you go, oh, well, you know, we might not get there because there's a coalition of the right. And yes, it is a coalition of chaos that becomes the government. You're kind of also thinking, geez, let's just let this play out and see what happens over the yeah, next three years. Well, because we could have only a one term government if this, if this <laughs> thing implodes, which it might do. Uh, let's talk a bit
1: about the left, because you, you said, you know, um, Labour didn't have the policies and things. It's, it's a fair critique to talk policy. But really, didn't Labour lost this in June and August when its ministers all... Packed up and fell apart, right? I mean, it's this is a Stuart Nash, Michael Wood, Kitty Allen lost, and
3: remember, on top of all the COVID angst and the embers of our lockdowns, and. Real fear about violent crime yeah. and an economy that was maybe wasn't quite in recession, but was no. not doing very well, and a cost of living crisis. Now, so if you look at those things—crime and the economy—and just a, you know on the wrong track, sort of direction, yes. then National should be well. They
1: should be they should be, yeah. they should be. they should be. They should be romping. And, it. and the and the right track, wrong track. Polls have been in National's favour for over a year now. So you would have thought, yeah, that's a fair point. I just think with all of this stuff, it's interesting to think that National made that call in May and, in many ways, you know, influenced where we are now. Labour fell apart. In J- J- July and August. So I it, it. Before the started, a lot of the stuff I actually in, think right? it
0: started earlier when they started talking about bread and butter, even though they knew it was going to be a cost of living election. When they started talking about bread and butter, ran for the centre, didn't actually stick to their true DNA and started doing things like a wealth tax, which they kept teasing the country with and then never did. That's when they started losing. Right.
1: And so Labor now is running. Uh, well, look at it. We, Mike Moore talked about saving the furniture right in 1993, 1990. Um, and. Hibkins is basically running the 2026 campaign now, isn't he? He's, 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 Save he's, our souls. Yeah, he's yeah, fighting okay. for the next election. He's yeah, basic- because
2: if you look at the raw numbers, right, um, and we can't know the exact consig- configuration because it depends on who wins the electorate seats and all the rest of it. Yeah. But based on the fact that they got 50% of the vote at the last election and they're polling, let's say between 25 and 28%, giving, give or take, you know, which polls you believe, yep. you're shedding... Half of your MPs. So, you know, they've got, depending on your, if you count departures, what, 60, 65, they lost one to uh, um, a by-election. And yeah. then Jacinda, I don't know, does she still count in that until she's not there anymore? Well,
1: um, it's just, you're talking about whether yeah. Jacinda still counts. Let's play this.
2: Okay. But some people uh, have asked me what my opinion is. And I have no hesitation in sharing that. The opinion that I hold, if anyone indeed needed to be reminded of it, it is to just think about the future and the future that you want for New Zealand and keep it simple. And if you voted for me in 2017, well, thank you for that. But that probably meant you were also voting for issues like poverty and climate change and inequality and housing. And the Labour Party has had two terms in office Long enough to make progress, not long enough to finish the job.
3: It's been a long year, hasn't it? I mean, she was the leader at uh, this year, at the beginning mm-hmm. of this year. I think of that's why the
2: campaign feels so long because it started when she yeah, um, when too. she raised her hand and said, "I'm Offski." Right? It basically was game on from that point because. Um, People saw a political opportunity and they
1: went for it. But she's—I mean, it was interesting. She started her video exactly, the, almost like word for word, with what John Key started his. Right? People have been wondering what I would vote for, but um, my understanding not, you know, is we've, she, we, we, we haven't really, <laughs> we haven't really. <laughs> it's but, no surprise, and no. I don't think either of them are going to do their their party's cause. And I don't group. think she wanted to be involved in that. This is this is I found I that video strange
2: her. very strange just even the tone of it yeah. very strange like you're either all in for an endorsement or you're not and it was kind of like the old I'm not telling you what to do sort yeah. of and, and and it's hard to get the tone right because as Guyan was saying people don't like to be told yeah. instructed and you don't want to appear like you're begging she felt with your, a
1: long way away yeah you don't yeah. want to
2: be begging with your cap out either but I just I don't know the tone of it just didn't seem right and it, it was sort of what was like this weird intrusion into the campaign almost yeah. as well no,
0: I agree with you. I think and both. It also both of brings videos,
2: up all the baggage too, yeah, doesn't yes.
0: it? I think both of them, John Key and and um, Jacinda. I, I don't think both of their videos were great, to be honest with you. You kind of, if you're Labor, you are labour, you wanted Helen Clark thumping the table. You know, you were know, yes, telling you what to do. Come on, the old yes, League fan going, come <laughs> on, we, uh, uh, up the Lars, not up the wires, and, and and that's not what we've seen. And yeah, it feels a little bit like they both got dragged into a scenario they didn't really want to be a yeah, part of.
1: But presumably, she's got a whole bunch of mates going save my seat. You know, if you can get me an extra 1%, that's potentially another two. we know, some guys, um, so look, uh, unnamed political consultants um, have been um, doing some numbers on this. And if you look at, they got to, uh, working from the polls last week, they got to about an 18% party swing if you did some maths around the the difference between the the two major parties last election and the two major parties now. Um, And you're talking about... If you are looking at anything like a 16%, 17 away 18% swing away from, nas- away from Labour to national, then it, it really is blue wave territory. And you're putting, you know, not just the Northlands, which we know are probably in trouble, and Maga which is, you know, probably gone and, and all of those and up harbours and stuff. But, you know, Te Atatu, <laughs> Dunedin, which has only been, not been Labour once since 2025. Christchurch Central, Geoffrey Palmer's old seat. I mean... These are heartland red seats, which are now potentially in play electorally. That's, that's quite something. And this is, you know, we're going to... Let's maybe start talking about the, the seats we're going to watch, because I know you want to talk about this, Julian. But, man, I'm looking at Upper and West Coast now, because can Damien O'Connor survive? Can Ket and McAnulty survive?
2: Well, Upper is always one that you would look at. All those red wave seats, yeah. the so-called red wave seats, the ones that had... Um National MPs in them and got scooped up in the massive victory of um, 2020. You'd always be watching those. But yeah, Wairarapa, Manga Keke, Ke, that's um, Priyanka Radhakrishnan, um, the West Harbour. He was only what
1: about 16th on the list, so could go yeah, easily.
2: Yeah. The West West Harbour seat again, all of those ones. Even, I mean, you'll be watching Wellington, Wellington Central like a hawk, won't yep.
0: you? Yep, that well, that's one of the seats that I was going to talk about later on, but absolutely, and I, I don't think it's going to go blue either. I, I said a couple of weeks ago I thought it was going to go green. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get anywhere near <laughs> it, but anyway, um, at least I put my my, my thing on the line for that. But you've got one. So if you think 18 percent like Wigram, which is Megan Woods, I mean yes. that's yeah. that's a, it's a it's a um, a new development, particularly after Christchurch earthquake, uh, lots of Asians actually in, in Wigram. It's a new development area, um, lots of good shopping and, and movie theaters and things like that. Now you would think that that would be a really and it's got places. Like Sotburn, which are traditionally Labour strongholds, that's up for grabs potentially. You know, right. Christchurch Central is up uh, up for grabs potentially as well. I mean, you look at ones like Mana, The thinking that if an eighteen percent swing or just over mm. goes against Labor, Mana could be up. Let's I mean, just think about the same previous. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. You, what, what were the other seats that you were interested well, in? Well, look, I, there, there are seats that um, traditionally you would think would, would be bellwether seats and close. So I, I looked at ones like uh, Northcote, um, you know, um, I had some interest in places like Wartucky. I think both of those are gone. To be honest, I yeah. think
2: Nash is going to the helicopter pilot. Is yeah, it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Look, look I, I think so. I remember Nathan Guy um, stood in that seat. It was originally Darren Hughes. Yes, Darren Hughes, then James, then Guy. Government yep. and then Nathan Guy. And it's always kind of predicted who the government's going to be. I think I think that seat's gone. Even though Chris Hipkins did a bit of campaigning there at the beginning of this week, I think that's gone. I think there's some really close seats. Auckland Central is going to be a really interesting seat. Mm-hmm. National's got a massive ground campaign in Auckland Central, and that potentially could go. You know, uh, Chloe Swar. Brick has a huge profile and is very present in Auckland Central but that could go national as well. Um, Wellington that's Central. point about crime, right? I mean, that's interesting, Auckland Central. And Wellington Central
3: as well. I think that's absolutely right um, and they have ma- been making a big, big deal of that. Not so much recently, have they, in the last few weeks. I thought mm. they would th- keep hammering that home but it has been a big part of their campaign and it will be a, a, a big part of the worry in, in Auckland Central, especially among small business owners. You talk a lot of small business yeah. owners, they are very worried about that and yeah. They don't think the government's done enough. So it is interesting to see Nationals candidate uh, nipping at uh, Chloe Swarbrick's heels.
0: Uh, I still think she's going to win it. That, that's again I'll put my thing on the line here um, and I'm, I'm wary that we've got some people watching me at the moment who are writing all this down to prove me wrong on the night but I think I think <laughs> Chloe will win it uh, I do think Wellington Central is definitely up for grabs and I think Samantha Paul who's the candidate for the Green Party there has a huge profile through her work in Wellington Council I think she could potentially take that seat and I'll, I'll say she will win that seat but the fact that, that um, those ones are competitive not for Labour and then Labour seats that, that are held at the moment that could be up for grabs is not good signs for Labour at all. Well, they, think, they
1: need which, to is, which is my Point about the twenty twenty six election, right, is that they are now fighting to actually preserve their leadership and their you know potential cabinet in three, six, nine years time.
2: But also in some of those Māori seats, they're they're um, you know putting all of it down on one number because even Calvin mm. Davis, I was interested in this morning, was saying that if he does not win his seat, even though he is number two on the list, he said that's it, stepping out. He told, yeah. We told one media outlet this morning he either wins or he's a Gomberger. Wow. The,
0: the, the long-term impacts on Labour here are huge. You could lose someone like Willow Jean Prime yeah. uh, who, if she's she doesn't nine, win nine, I think
2: she's on the list yeah. too. To um, keep um, um, talking.
0: Um, Willie Jackson yep. potentially goes if they stay on 26. Yep. you know uh, Adrian Rudafe, you, um, you lose Andrew, someone. Little,
1: David Parker. Adrian,
0: Karen McAnulty as well. And Wairarapa might not make it in particularly on in the list as well if he doesn't win Wairarapa. You're talking about the future leadership of the party mm. um, and in particular in the Māori Electrics. Kelvin you know this is fourth ish campaign Nanaya Mahuta who's got a close race apparently in in Haoraki Waikato against Hanara and she's
2: only she's only standing in I mean, She's no, not on no, the list. The list. She's, She's, yeah. only. She's not on the list.
0: So what? What you can see Labour trying to do is say, do do Force, some, um, yeah. you know, do some strategic voting here. Vote for the Labour Party candidate, Kusha and he could run after and say, "Hello, and then party vote the Māori Party." You get both candidates, strong candidates, in because they're closely, hotly contested seats. Um, but if if some of those people don't make a bet in it in there's your future leadership of the yeah. party
1: political. The other factor, though, I guess, is that you've got some of those names we mentioned. The Labour Party could could. Go, right, if if they don't win. You say Kelvin Davis could tap out.
2: Yeah, well, he, that's Robertson, what he was suggesting. Pres-
1: presumably, Grant you know, Robertson it, could resign. It feels would resign. Like Grant Robertson, Grant Robertson
2: done only, his
1: time, yeah, doesn't he? And, and
2: only on the list.
1: Does Aisha yeah. Vera want to be an opposition MP, or is she just really here for COVID? I don't know. Oh, I'd imagine she, she would, would stick, stick around. around. Uh, uh, Damien uh, O'Connor, I think if he doesn't win West Coast, he could say, similar to Kelvin, that's enough.
0: Even having that Damien O'Connor not winning west coast, I mean even even thinking he's about it. before uh, no no true, but but um, you know um having spent a bit of time on the West Coast when I was working in I like he, he's a popular man down there, <laughs> yeah. but the fact that he, that, that sets up for grab just kind of blows my mind, yeah,
1: yeah um all right, we promised last week um, that we would get to the things that we thought were missing in this campaign um and because uh, I think this is this is interesting. We've had a pretty good look now at all the things that we could have possibly talked about. But what about the things we didn't talk about? What got underplayed this campaign? Who wants to go first? I think
3: I was surprised there wasn't more debate about immigration in this campaign, mm. um, especially when you see you know record numbers like 96,000 net 96. immigration. Um, it's extraordinary. And we've angsted about it when it's been a lot uh, less than that. And we've rightly asked questions about whether we have the infrastructure and, and how, we, how we treat our immigrants. I mean, there's been so many Labour with a, a small L, scandals yeah, this, this year, yeah. um, and programs which have been abused. Um, I, I'm just surprised that given the, the the extent of those numbers that we haven't had a, a better debate about immigration. And I was quite amazed to see the guy who's campaigned <laughs> against immigration for as long as I can remember, Winston Peters, actually say in the Christchurch press debate that the answer to the health crisis was, was immigration. So immigration. I guess part of it is that hangover from COVID when the borders were closed and now immigration is seen as a a really positive thing Um, and everyone's crying out for workers so possibly that's why those numbers haven't um, alerted anyone but you know Th- those people are going to have to live somewhere, yeah, and they're the going to have eh? to go to school somewhere, and they're going to have to drive on particular roads and we flush ready? sewage down particular pipes, um, mm. which um, half of which is leaking into the Watamata at the moment as yeah, we speak. Yeah. So New Zealand's infrastructure is is in a grave state state of disrepair, and I'm surprised there hasn't been more debate about that. Yeah,
2: um, you got well um, something. You wish we'd heard more about? Well, do I wish we'd heard more about it or not? But I think we probably should have discussed it more, which is um, if these parties are going to be um, in government together, lining up their policies is going to be an interesting um, scenario, right? right. So looking at some of those policies, pulling out some of their policies and thinking, oh, well, that's interesting. How does that fit with their um, potential friends? I think is Mm. very interesting. Superannuation is obviously one of the ones that is... Massive, and although National's policy to raise the age of eligibility takes an eon, arguably, to come in, very slow, Winston Peters has built his political career on the gold card and looking after retirees for a start. So he's not going to want... A bar of that, and there's not really been much of a discussion about where the halfway house is. An Act wants
1: to start and, increasing the yes, age and, next year.
2: Yes, and Act, Act wants to um, ramp up eligibility a, a lot mm. faster. And separate to that, if one could trouble themselves to read the manifesto for New Zealand First, and I know, Guy you can borrow my copy after this. <laughs> um, he
3: I'm still looking for the costings. Yes. Well, no, I got up to
2: page 49, none, I'm no, no, sorry. No, no. Um, anyway, do but, costings. but page 21, for those people who are interested, uh, tying into superannuation, is New Zealand's first policies around KiwiSaver, which I find really interesting. So... They are talking about compulsory membership of KiwiSaver from your eighteenth birthday or when you become employed, um, restoring the kick the kickstart payment from birth, and also um, tagging tagging the government's contributions um, to so that, so that they're upped over over time. Some kind right. of tagging to right. to so that the government's contributions keep pace. So not only does he want this um, retirement you know, payment, mm. he wants you to get your super, he's talking about supercharging super, and that is indeed the word that he uses, supercharging Kiwi well, saver. Well,
3: he had a referendum on compulsory super yeah, that's in right. 1998. Yeah, it lost by ninety one point two percent. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But we'll you... Google it now. But it it was it was it was the most clear cut referendum
1: I have ever seen in my well, life, you, you... and he lost. And, and I don't think National has actually ruled. It, been asked. It's a question no, I've been wondering. Had they actually ruled out cutting super contributions, well, which they wanted the to un... do just a term ago? Well,
2: that that is the question about that because previous National governments have. Yeah. Gone
1: the other direction. Yeah,
2: frozen contributions. While they to, paid
1: off debt.
3: Yeah, it yeah, was always an off, interesting
1: argument whether it made same, sense indeed, yes, the, when exactly. you were borrowing $300 million But now is exactly but, the right time for that summit. National's making exactly the same argument, right, that we're getting back into surplus too slowly, we need to deal with debt. What do we do to stop debt? Yeah. contribution Super contributions is, one, is what they've gone to before. Yeah, so my have...
2: my point is not just the the disparity between the opinions on um, the current super situation. Yeah. He, he being Winston Peters in New Zealand first. One of their policies is to really ramp up KiwiSaver, which is obviously feeds into into um, super and looking after yourself in um, retirement. And he's also suggesting that after your savings get past a certain amount, you should be able to draw it down to clear your mortgage. So, you know, I don't... How are they going to marry that... I don't want to
0: debate. Let's see. Uh, look, I don't have a couple. I'll, be, I'll be very brief. Um, right. um, the constitutional lack of one constitutional arrangement in this country is an issue that's been bubbling away for years. Now, we've got a party that's talking about trying to have a referendum on the treaty and, remo- and remove treaty principles. Mm. I think it requires a bit of a, a much bigger conversation that no one's actually talked about. Now, that actually may be a good thing. Uh, I'm not sure. But the fact that, that this has continued to have a conversation over many years and nothing much has happened probably requires a bit of a discussion at some time. It's probably a nice-to-have conversation rather than a need to have when you've got a cost-of-living election, but that's something that no one really talks about, aside from if you want to get rid of the treaty. Um, And then the other one was um, just on youth, work, skills, development. Um, You know, you had the unedifying spectacle of a 45-year-old representing the National Party in a youth debate. I mean, um, you know, in the words of Ray Purchase, I crap the nay, 45 is not youth, and if it is, then I'm close, (laughs) and I'm down with that. It's it's Um, not even (laughs) youth adjacent, to (laughs) Um, quote um, someone we heard
3: from a little earlier.
0: But, you know, I think there's been a distinct lack of um, how do we develop opportunities for youth employment, youth skills development, micro-credentialing, a change in the education system that deals with that, particularly in tertiary education, that hasn't been talked about. Got a lot. Again, that might be because we are in a cost of living election and it's gone down the back burner a bit, but we're, we're missing things here. And then the other thing, because it's the soup that we swim in, is um, given the merger isn't happening, this may be too close to home, what the heck are we doing with broadcasting in this country going forward?
2: Mm. Well, you'd like to know that Winston would like a royal commission.
0: he also threatened uh, yeah. Jack
3: Tame in the Q and A interview. He that wants he, the he, 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 he might take the broadcasting portfolio, yeah. and oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Someone wanted to put him on Celebrity Treasure Island or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the is um, rather than Winston. <laughs> oh yes, right. I was going to say, well, he'd jelly with <laughs> Gower. Um, but uh, climate. We, know we still haven't had a climate election in New Zealand um, I feel like that's got to come some point yeah, well, in the next well, decade. I, I know but and uh, see
3: uh, Julian looking across the table at the Greens numbers there, I mean is that is that the reason part of the reason, I know Julian was saying and I agree with him that part of that is because Labour has been performing poorly and yeah. that, that, that 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 seesaw would, would, would mean the Greens are going up but maybe it also does reflect um, concern that, um, and th- that this is now a mainstream, very mainstream issue and what we've been through in 2023 and, and many of us have been here Areas of the country which have flooded or been affected by cyclones—that that part of that green support may well be that yep. um, some mm-hmm. of their big issues are coming home, and, and, and climate change may well be one of them.
1: Yeah, that's yep. fair. But it's—it's it's, you're right. It's, but it's in that um, you know, growing a few percent thing. It doesn't feel like it's a—it's a big climate debate yet, right? The, the really hard stuff is still being kicked down the road a little bit. But it's a good point. It could be this. Maybe we don't have one big climate election. Maybe we just incrementally get there. Um, but look, the main thing I—I I, and I want to pick up on your constitutional points and so forth is that we've at the right through the thread of this campaign has been this kind of co-governance constitutional stuff, but we've never had the grown up conversation yet. Right. And I, look, I at a risk of pissing everybody off, um, you know, the majority of New Zealanders do not seem ready for co-governance in the form that three waters, council seats and so forth, you know, that there is, there is clearly a big pushback around that. Um, and some of that is from some pretty dark places But some of it, you know, legitimate questions around democracy, right? And I think there's some really interesting, intelligent, smart debate to have there. On one hand, co-governance is not terrifying, right? That no democracy has ever been a pure one-person, one-vote situation. We have, in Canada, there are First Nations peoples that get votes. In America, there are different laws on reservations. In the UK, Welsh and Scottish people vote for a separate assembly. So the idea that um, co-governance in all kinds of forms is a terrifying, terrible thing is... Ridiculous, and historically here in New Zealand, for many years, Julian, you and I, as I as a Pākehā man and you as a Maori man, would have had very different um, gifts from the government, if you like. We would have had very different rights under different governments, and even today, my Maori children have access to things um, that I wouldn't have access to. But none of that is is something to get hung up about. On the other hand. There are some questions around, you know, we have had also in the past century communism and fascism and totalitarianism and genuine threats to democracy. Mm. And so it's, it seems to me legitimate for people to ask questions about how do we protect and safeguard democracy. And even, good Lord, look around the world right now, right? We have fewer and fewer liberal democracies left. So the people who are getting labelled as racist potentially perhaps have some genuine arguments around. So I think. On both sides, right, there are some genuine questions, and we've just gone straight into this race-baiting versus race-baiting argument rather than actually a good... Anyway, that's my rant, but but I'm, I'm waiting for that conversation where we can actually talk about... Democracy well, and and to be fair, we were waiting for it breath. from
3: Labour, weren't we? And, yeah. and I think Chris Hipkins has admitted himself that he didn't enter the debate early enough. And, no. and, and again, Jacinda Ardern um, wasn't really prepared to lay out their case. And if there was one thing that was fair about criticism of co-governance, it, it was... What does it mean? Yeah. And and we didn't have a, a clear um, a government articulating that clearly. And, and it's be- owning that is interesting. He has
0: actually you know said well, a couple he, of times he now that,
2: that one of his ministers got absolutely monstered as a consequence of him
0: yeah. not didn't job off. Quick, quick um, yeah. yeah not but, doing you know, enough. the the interesting thing of course is that um, you know it's the national party that did the co governance arrangement on the Waikato River Authority. It's the national party that under Chris Finlayson that did the deal on the Udawitter, which is a co governance arrangement. Actually, if you have a look at the two Hoi settlement, it removes Crown title over the Udawitter.
3: <laughs> yes, and they gave, uh, they gave uh, the Waikato River uh, legal personhood. Mm. That's which, right, uh, and Whanganui. Which is the uh, old Nixon Todoraki. to China argument yeah. that only Nixon could go to China because the um, the Democrats would have been seen as communists. And often you see that under national that they are more prepared to give. Um, I don't give is the right word, but but if you look at Kowhaiario, uh, uh, for example, or some of the the first big treaty settlements under national. Now, I'm not giving. I'm not taking away the fight that Maori went through the courts and opposition for many many years but it, it does seem as though the, the, the bulk of the Pākehā electorate trusts National not to give too much away to Māori, so they're they a little more trusting there. And when Labour does it, people freak out. And so I think that that, that has dogged Labour a little bit. Yeah. It was the same under Helen Clark. Yeah. You know, I mean, Helen Clark had a programme called Closing the Gaps, mm-hmm. and Don Brash launched into that, and they had to, had to, had to flag it away. Now when National She came shut in, it
1: down hard. She did, mm-hmm.
3: because the electorate bounced back on her. yeah. yeah. Um, and and again, that there's a worry that oh, Labour get a, is getting caught up here, and they're going to give too much away. Yeah. And there's a
1: and have heard Labour out. people saying that, that they think that's part of their their low polls now too as well, prob- given too much it away?
3: Quite, quite possibly would be. Um, yet, National um, it, it can do things under the radar that Julian's just mentioned. Yeah. A lot of those big treaty settlements, a lot of the co-governance arrangements, and you know, quite internationally radical, things like giving personhood to a river, which I reckon Labour and the Greens would have been laughed out of
1: town for. Yeah. There yeah, would yeah. have been
3: billboards and they would have been humiliated over it. But but Finlayson was, a, was
1: able to do it. And Even, even now, you know, we have the, the marine laws are often the really interesting ones whereas there are all kinds of Maori specific rights and marine laws, including minerals and, and, you know, quite significant wealth-based things there about rights to minerals that, that Pākehā don't have. But no one, not even Act are actually saying we're going to repeal all of this and change it all. So I think, you know, we we do get caught yeah. up with hyperbole. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. You you bring up the the minerals, um, Papa because uh, you know it was Apirana Ngata who did that seminal speech. I think it was in Parliament in nineteen forty. Two, I think it was, which talked about the rights of Maori and access uh, to minerals and and things of that nature. Uh, and don't forget, um, Nutter was not a labour man. <laughs> uh, but you don't hear Again, national talk about that. Uh, I saw
3: a particular th- th- politician brandishing one of his books on television. Th- th- That's absolutely right. Um, but <laughs> but the in, other thing, the other
0: interesting <laughs> thing for me is, co- where did cocoa come And this whole thing start from? It started from Three Waters. Why? Because we needed change. Queenstown. Hello. I mean, you know, White White te te watao watao. Central. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we have north. and And we're caught in the thing. I mean, you know, you've got um, Wayne Brown who's having a crack. In national over their policy. Okay, they're getting rid of the free waters. What's next? Uh, hello? You know, we're going through it all now. Um, you know, I know I've been very quick to serve Labour for not being aspirational enough in some areas. It gave co-governance a go. The big backlash really, I think, happened because it was very strong and ardent and staunch advocate for things Māori and who do wearing a on kouai that was the part that really got people's heckles up and it still I think sits there, even though people don't talk about it as much. Safe for people like Julia Bachelor in that campaign, but you know, because they're still using her as their as their promotion in their promotion material. But you know, that's really where it all came from. The wrappings at. is important as I think we, we've got an issue of race we have to deal with. Yeah, we do. All right.
1: Um let's uh run through winners and losers. We've got a few things here which we like to do in our last pre-election um, episode, which is kind of, you know, wrap up where we've funk something. landed. I'm,
0: I'm back into the oh, election yeah. campaign now. You done this before, <laughs> it's from right. No, it's all you right. right. So
1: winners, winners, winners and losers. Um, you've you started to go there before. So do you want to start with, Julian, um, you mentioned Malama Davidson and you asked for a clip for us to play. So let's just play that clip to start this point.
2: People who are working and earning only low and medium incomes are paying more than twice the effective tax rate of the wealthiest few and David it doesn't matter how many poor people may have donated to you, someone gave you a plane and they want something back for that and it's not your friendship.
0: Yeah, look, she's been very strong in just about every debate I've seen her in, and I think she's had a tremendous campaign. Green campaigns actually normally aren't this good. (laughs) Something normally happens and the wheels fall off. They've had a tremendous (laughs) campaign, and I think she's been uh, one of the reasons for it. And so for me, she's a star. Now, look, I have to disclose that she's a relation of mine from... (laughs) so I, I'm not saying you, this I think you've her, done this every week got <laughs> some relations her, her, her brother and I can't stand each other because he supports the blues and I support the hurricanes but she's from Hokianga, Whirinaki there's a there's, you know she's WPanaten's daughter. she can talk to an audience and she does it really well and they, I think they were very strategic in the TV's and Māori leaders debate they put James Shaw up in a much more con, uh, confined uh, studio environment and then put her in a big public area and she played to that crowd really well no, I, I think she's done really
1: well she although I, one of the things that keeps coming back to me from the campaign is her and Debbie Nadia the and the Power Brokers like high, high-fiving. high-fiving. That actually, I don't think that did play
0: well. I thought that looked childish. Yeah, uh, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't see that live. I, I saw it afterwards. I think, um, OK, maybe bar that. <laughs> no one can do 100%, but I think she's no, had fair, a tremendous campaign. And, and I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Um, you know, I think uh, at the end, when when you review this campaign, David Seymour and the ACT Party, who have dropped so low in the last few months to only now 8% from 14, whatever it is, yeah. they've had a terrible campaign. And part of it is because of him... Because because in debates, he's been atrocious.
2: Nice. Oh, no. uh, you go, Guy.
0: Well, I, I'd agree with a lot of uh, what Julian said,
3: actually. Um, for, for me, the Greens have had a standout campaign. And for me, Act's biggest problem, apart from... He just overplayed his hand and, and looked a bit too arrogant. But also, he made that same strategic error, I think, that National did with mm-hmm. his talk about, "Oh, we'd give confidence and not supply," which I think we talked about once. It would have been alarming for any business or investor looking at New Zealand. It just it just looked like a, a really chaotic um, sort of solution, and I think he, he overplayed his his hand there. Yeah. Um, I think while we've talked about National strategic errors, I, I do think Luxon deserves a. OK for his on-the-ground campaigning. And remember, this is a first-term MP who we thought was going to be really shown up in the campaign, and he probably has lost a, um, the odd debate, but he's done pretty well for a first-term MP, MP, and his on-the-ground campaigning and engagement with people has been very, very good. So I think National would would be patting themselves on the back for that, you saw, and if it were for a... those strategic areas, I think that they, um, they, they might be polling higher.
1: There was a clip you saw this week with um, Luxon on the ground. Chris Hopkins, frankly, you know, he's the prime minister, but he's actually the prime misinformer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bit, there's few zingers, aren't uh,
2: like, I liked Tom for a lie. <laughs> I liked
3: Waititi uh, actually in the in the uh, TVNZ debate. Yeah. They said, "Oh, would you be comfortable going into opposition?" And he said, "Māori have been in opposition since
2: 1840."
3: Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so that was yeah. quite a good
2: line too. Yeah. Um, Well, I would say it has to be Lazarus, doesn't it? Winston Peters, the man who has risen up from nothing. Lazarus Peters. Well, uh, in the sense that... um, Came down from the north
1: and bestowed himself upon
2: the
3: people. Came up from the crypt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All
2: of the minor, the tiny, tiny little parties that are trying to get over that 5% mark will tell you how incredibly difficult that is. look at top. Yeah. Yeah. This is a man who has yo-yoed in and out of Parliament and he's come back from nothing again and it's not the first time he's done it so um it's extraordinary it yeah. is it, it, it's extraordinary that he has managed to do that with and a little bit of help. Although, of course, although, and TikTok,
1: although, and yeah. TikTok, <laughs> to be honest i just 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 to devil's advocate that a little though. bit well he i mean it's, he it's didn't been remarkable but his it was set up, no no i didn't That's okay I was, carry on then tim but it was set up for him right this is this is a campaign was where it you've got, set up with, it was, or labor, did
2: he manoeuvre himself no, into that position labor
1: is through two terms in a pandemic and looking a bit uh, looking pretty tired, National is very inexperienced and you know fresh leadership team who are who are just getting to know the public. We've got the background of a pandemic and a grumpy electorate who are fed up with stuff that's that's absolutely yes. made for New Zealand first, isn't it?
2: Well, it isn't it, it is and it isn't because we've talked about um, potentially national strategic missteps. Sure. They whacked the ball, and then Winston decided what he was going to do. And he just lifted his hand up, and went. I've got it. And he ran with it. And yeah. that is the point. It's it's not just about what's there and laid out. It's what you do with that. Sure. And he worked with he it.
3: Played he, and he, he played his hand. He played
2: his hand perfectly. And I think particularly this week when there was some down and out scrapping between the two major parties and name calling and, you know, all the rest of it, he came across as the reasonable... Elder statesman.
1: Well, this was one of my. We're going to talk. If Whether got, it sticks or
2: not, yeah. but that's how we came couple across it. A
1: couple We're going to talk about. So, if you've got any other favourite lines, you mentioned the opposition, say, 40, which was a cracker. Um, I quite enjoyed all the lines. All the lines that mentioned long pants and short pants, basically. Oh, just, <laughs> there's a lot of talk about <laughs> pants. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about trousers but A bleh. lot of trouser talk, which I, which I quite <laughs> enjoyed. Quite enjoyed about who had the longest pants in the room um, because you know Winston was playing mm. his hand so well. I think that that you know was an example of his dexterity, right? He knows how to come through with a line and say, I'm the guy with the long pants, you can trust yep. me. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, um, favorite policies, best and worst policies, any policies that stood out in some way that you know hurt you or healed you or. Well, the major, the, the,
3: the major party's tax plans have been disastrous. Yeah. You know, La- Labor's GST off fruit and vegetables and, and National's yeah. uh, tax plan, which has more holes in it than a colander. Um, <laughs> and um,
1: both of them... No one believes... National tax ban at all at this point, right? And and, and Labor's is just going to make subtle sort of difference is, is where we've kind of got to, right?
2: But that gives you an indication of what is driving people's votes as well if they're not obsessing over numbers and what they're going to get in their back pocket. Yeah. It's more about feels at a certain point.
0: Yeah,
1: that's to yeah. Any particular
0: lines or uh, no? No, I mean I, I, I thought the um, that the the act policy on on treaty referendum, no one really actually bought into, uh, mm-hmm. um, um, and it and it's hurt him in the end. I think um, he overplayed his hand too much on that, and that's why his numbers have started to drop. Possibly because of the scenario with Winston as well. But um, what I hope that says is that people aren't buying into that. Maybe that's just a quirk of the cir- um, circumstances that mm-hmm. we're in. Um, the other policies that I thought worked well for them in the end, though, it hasn't shown. One the polls of the Māori Party is they supported the wealth tax, free dental for everyone, not just under 30. Uh, again, those were policies that the Green Party came out with. And I think that's why you see a lot of the left have gone from Labour to the Greens. Yeah.
1: Um, in terms of the, the least favourite policies, um, can we play this clip from Nicola Willis?
2: Our policy is a more consistent and principled way of ensuring that benefits keep up with the cost of living.
1: I thought it was a remarkable statement. Um, it's a fascinating policy. This is the de-indexing yeah. um, benefits, right? So you, the benefits are, um, the last few years have been going up with wages. National wants to take the, um, change that to, so that they go up according to inflation. And when
2: you say benefits, what do you mean?
1: Not super. OK. Because super's not a real Just benefit. It's a pretend benefit that isn't really... It's a benefit when you're trying to Well, it a is benefit. Law. It's it's a It is a law. But... Um, uh, yeah. So, so one
2: rule for some and one rule for others. And
1: two billion dollars saved over the next four years, um, which has—I think that's the key now. That's yeah. the key. Right? You are yeah. actually
3: taking money off
1: people. I know that they so get the very upset. People, they they I know,
3: it. but it's true. Yeah. So the poorest
1: people. You can't put
2: in the people, savings column <laughs> no. if you aren't making no, a savings It's two
1: billion dollars that was going to go to people and beneficiaries that will now go in tax cuts to the squeezed middle, including every MP um you know and i so that that for me was a standard and and to make the argument i get there's a there's a there's a national party argument that that goes that you want to just get people off benefits because you know benefit house beneficiary households are where poverty happens but you know why poverty happens in beneficiary households because benefits are so low, mm. and if you keep them low, you're going to get more poverty. So that to me was a was a striking one, which I'm, I'm amazed there almost hasn't been more. Yeah, it's been about. slightly it's been underplayed, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I
0: interviewed Chris Luxon and, and Rose and, and brought this point to his attention and said, look, if, if this is the policy, you will end up losing, or beneficiaries will end up losing two billion over four years. And he absolutely denied it. And then talked about another policy which actually didn't contribute to the conversation at all. So they don't like being pulled up on that point. Mm. Um, there's been accusations that the media hasn't played its role, in particular with National's tax policy, that it was up to the CTU to start talking about some Hmm. of the holes um, in National Party's tax policy. I don't think that's that's, um, fair. I think there's been a lot of work that's gone on from people raising these issues. Um, uh, But, you know, that's an accusation that's been able to circulate and is going around at the moment, that we haven't done our role good enough, well enough, hard enough. But it's hard for people when they don't want to come on your (laughs) programme, Lisa. If they don't want to come on your programme, how are you going to be able to hold them to account? And then when you do get it, you know, and you're told to your face, no, no, that's not true, and then you know pivot, pivot, pivot. This is the way our politics go.
1: So. For the sake of balance, I should probably say national seems to have really um, gone big on um, rehab in prisons, which is interesting. Um, that seems a bit different from previous. So um, that's you know whether they can actually get people into the prisons to do the rehab. Is that aside from the boot caps? Yeah, yeah it's aside from the boot caps. Yeah, right. mm. So. Um,
2: um, All right. Seen as Julian is our newest member
1: of um,
2: caucus, I now present you, Julian, with an envelope and an official (laughs) piece of paper. And what we do with this is you need to write your predictions for the outcome of the election in terms of... Just percentages. We're way with the guy on. There you
1: go. If you're, you're, watching, if a, if you're you not watching on YouTube, that. Lisa is now scolding <laughs> Guy and <it's laughs> slapping his hand.
2: Okay. And so don't show us. Write down your numbers and its percentages. <sighs>
3: okay. Put, I hate
1: put it
2: in your envelope, put your name on it so that we know who to mock after we <laughs> open them.
1: It's me, it's always me.
2: And then just for the interest of all the eagle-eyed people, when you seal it properly, Julian, yes. you sign your name across the seal so that we know okay, if you've right. done bad things and I mean Tim wanted to write us with a pencil which is just totally I unacceptable because like it could lead to post-match changes Guyans, Mr. Technology he's got his on his phone I've got mine on a very bedraggled piece of paper and um, Tim is not even sure that his math sets up No but, you I know, can't I'm,
1: um, I can't count oh. First rule of politics right learn to count um six and
2: everybody's yeah, diligently scribbling away right. trying to hide <laughs> cool. it from the, the bottom the <laughs> <second> <laughs> it doesn't make we great radio so. <laughs> does it? it doesn't no, make great radio
0: like, at
3: all here we are
2: hang on just double check if you've written the right numbers down you, no, Tim's
3: adds up to
1: 117
2: s- <laughs> <laughs> I know like, uh, uh, uh. putting it in the envelope now
1: uh, my apologies to my there's a fiscal there's a fiscal hole in Tim I
2: know. Putting it in most seal your envelopes please.
1: wait they've got to add up to 100. I know Let's oh, do this really? after. The, I, feel, I feel we need to put the right. mi- listeners out of their misery yeah. okay, and let we'll them go don't mind,
2: Tim. because the so, audience you know. needs to
1: get on with their lives. Um, Lisa, the Lisa, as always, is the most organised. Yeah. And Guy, sign your oh, Okay. Right. So
2: that we yeah. know he's like that we haven't oh, broken you, it up. Um, let me. And s- when
1: do we open these tabs? We open these we next, next Thursday. Week, next we open Thursday. 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 Yeah, so, you, so there's yeah. one more episode of Caucus to
3: go. And what's the what's the prize for the person who gets closest to the numbers?
1: Toblerone. Okay, is that, there? <laughs> is that enough? What's the second prize? Um, Foreign Minister. <laughs> <laughs> or is Foreign Minister already taken? <laughs> um, we will talk to you all again, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on a podcast. Um, it's been great to have you company this campaign. We'll wrap all this up, talk about tides and coalitions and things are going to ha- um, happen next Thursday. Tune in then from Guy and Espiner, Lisa Owen. Julian Wilcox. And me, Tim Watkin. See you next week. Give me your envelope. Please go
0: vote. <laughs> I've got to make sure my name's up. Sign it. We've because... got to sign it across my head. can be a little of 100. No, hundred no, no you're I haven't finished.
1: finished.
3: Botox Cosmetic. Out Botulinum Toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.